Hello, Tea Crew, and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Sha. Today, we're going to be talking about all the topics all over social media and the internet, and we're also going to be doing a deep dive into blogger bias, so you're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, Tea Crew, let's get straight into the tea because, you know, I'm recording on Labor Day and I'm about to get into the streets as I'm sure you guys are. So I'm trying to get this episode out so you can listen to it on your way to your barbecues, on the way to your chill grills. You know, it's Labor Day. Y'all got to go out there, have a good time. So let's get straight into the tea. So She by Sheree has fashions now 14 years after its inception. She by Sheree has her huge fashion show and it caps off the season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. She reveals her athletic slash fashionable wear that you could wear to the gym or you could almost wear it to the club. I mean, certain things you probably could wear to the club. So it's definitely a mix of fashion and um, athletics. And the cast really seemed happy for her. Everybody was congratulating her, of course, with a little bit of shade because it took her so long to get to this point. But everybody definitely was congratulating her and giving her her props for having such a great, a great fashion show with, you know, fashions that people would actually want to wear. A lot of the products from the line I could definitely see myself wearing. Um, very cute. Definitely. I don't, you know, to be fair. I don't think that it needed to take 14 years, but she's doing things her own way. And so sometimes it just takes longer than you expect, but at least the final product is something that people would actually want to wear and it's cute. It has her little star logo on it and her name on it. Very nice. I feel like Sheree barely got a moment in the sun though, because another brand called Man and Rosa has already posted the same, almost the same exact designs as Sheree um, on their website and showed a side-by-side comparison. So what's happening is, uh, what is this called? Man and Rosa is using the same distributor as she by Sheree. So it's almost like some of the items, I can't say all the items, but some of the items from the she by Sheree line are private label. People used to do this with makeup all the time. I guess they're still doing it where they would take a Sigma palette, uh, just basic palette and put their name on it and make it private label. Now, what Sheree seems to have done because they're working with the same distributor, she probably picked a couple different pieces, put her she by Sheree on the top and on the leggings, and then, you know, is pushing it out as a new product. It happens all the time. I mean, this lady really had her receipts ready to go as soon as Sheree did so she could show that, you know, the the lines are very similar. But if you guys are both using the same distributor and you guys are both going to the same place to have the clothes made, it's possible that that was going to happen. A lot of people had already predicted that's the way that the line was going to be done. Because when it comes down to it, if you really have a fashion line that you've designed from scratch, that kind of, you know, fashion, that kind of putting all that work into the line would cause it to be more expensive. And I know that Sheree wants to make this a line that's affordable for the people that watch Real Housewives or just like, you know, the normal woman 
who wouldn't spend, you know, two to three hundred dollars on athletic wear to just go to the gym or kick it around the house. So it makes sense that she would use that distributor. It was just crazy. They came up with it so fast that the other person had the exact same design. I was like, Lord, Sheree cannot win. Um, <laughs> and I really hope you guys go out there and get She by Sheree and support her. I'm sure there's items on the uh, line that are not mass produced like some of these other designs. But athletic wear is athletic wear at the end of the day. If you want to get it and support her, it looks like the other stuff that's out, but it's cute. You know, I'll definitely say that. It's really cute. All right, let's go on to the next topic here. B2K on Drink Champs. Now, B2K, I know nobody wanted this topic. I don't care. (laughs) I was obsessed with B2K as a child, Um, you know, in that era, like I was probably 12 or 13 when they first like really came out and, um, I was obsessed with them for sure. So they came on drink champs and just spilled the tea that I feel like all B2K fans wanted to know. Why did they only go for, you know, two or three albums? Why did they break up the way they did? And they finally got into the tea. So we knew it was a contract thing between them not getting as much as a Morion, but we never knew that first off, Lil Fizz was signed to a solo deal with Sony when the group was signed. At the same time the group was signed, Lil Fizz also got a solo deal. Um and then what happened was they thought that the group was getting out of control. They had just came back from tour and Amorion was upset about a dispute that happened between him and Fizz. And allegedly, according to the other members in the group, I guess mostly Fizz, um, they Amorion went back to management and told everything that had been going on on tour and it caused management to side with him, um, only work with him and make him a solo artist while the rest of the group was shelved. So what happened was they were all signed to Sony. I didn't know, I didn't know at the time, but Little Fizz was the creator of the group. He was the first member of the group. And so he was the one who was kind of pulling different people from different places to, to get the group to pop. Now this happened a lot, um, in the early, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands, everyone was trying to put a group together because groups were really hot at the time. You had NSYNC, you had Backstreet Boys, you know, Next, um, Blackstreet, all these groups that were kind of in the late eighties, early nineties. So groups were definitely where it was at. So when they found Omorion, it seemed to be a good fit. They got a deal. Everything was going well, but Lil Fizz had already got a deal on his own with Sony and then B2K got a deal with Sony. So after they worked and recorded and did all these albums and stuff like that, the fight happened between Fizz and Amorion. Fizz said it was over one of the dancers or somebody else that he was sleeping with on tour that Amorion really happened to like, but he did make the distinction to say that that was not Amorion's girl. And, you know, through the interview, we found out that Amorion and Fizz just were going back and forth with um, women that they were dating and taking women from each other and stuff like that. So with Amorion going back to their management company and the label, basically telling everything that happened on tour, they didn't disclose everything, but I can imagine, you know, sleeping around, drug use, whatever. They decided to go with Amorion versus the group. So the rest of the group was left off. Amorion went on to do his, I think, two solo albums. 
um, and, and work with the management team in that way. Now that left the rest of the group shelved. So they were still under contract with Sony. They couldn't work with anybody else, but you know, Sony was not making any more albums with them. And it also kind of ruined Fizz's solo career because he was tied into a solo contract. So he couldn't work because I think he was saying like Jermaine Dupree wanted to work with him. His manager had other people that wanted to work with him as a solo artist as well, but he really couldn't do too much because he was tied in to the contract with Sony. Um, and in addition to that, he said, besides, you know, uh, Amorian coming and telling everything that happened on tour, they also had an issue of um, wanting to renegotiate their contract because their first album did so well. Their second album did really well. And going into their third album, they wanted to get paid more, of course. And that was not something that the management and the label wanted to do. So they were like, well, we could just work with Amorion. We could pay him, you know, comparable to what we were paying all four and move on like that. And, you know, it's just a lot. It's a lot because I thought that based on everything they said, they could have dragged Amorion a little more, but they did say they had like a brother-like friendship with him. And when he left the group and did that, they were just as shocked as everybody else because they just never thought that they would be able to kind of get into that space where they weren't brothers anymore, where it was just like everybody's out for themselves. And it just, you know, he just showed his true colors that he wanted to be a solo artist. I like Amorian, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like this whole unbothered Zen attitude. I mean, I will give him credit for the whole situation with April was foul and Omorion really did hold his peace when it came to that. I thought that was very mature of him to do that. But it's just certain things where he just seems unbothered that I feel like he's not unbothered. He's just plotting behind the scenes. You know what I mean? He's plotting behind the scenes and he doesn't want people to know his next move, but he's not as innocent as he's coming off. That's just my personal opinion of the situation. But I would love to see the three remaining members go forward you know, tour, put out an album, just like do your thing. If Amorion doesn't want to be part of it, he doesn't have to be part of it. But I would just love to see the other three members thrive. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Tiffany Haddish and Ari Spears uh, put out a very distasteful skit about seven years ago, and it has resurfaced and just caused all types of havoc. So Aerie Spears, uh, was a couple like a couple weeks ago, was talking about Lizzo and her body type and just being gross. And um, it looks like karma has now come to bit him in the bite him in the butt. So there's an ongoing lawsuit against Haddish and Aerie Spears for misconduct um, against two minors at the time when they were creating skits based on a spoof of um, of Bill Cosby, right? So they're making a spoof of Bill Cosby that he's a pedo, he's this, he's that, and they are, you know, it's just different uh, iterations of the show and stuff like that. Haddish's character is dropping off her child to stay with a family member who is a predator. And that is the context of the video. Basically, the video was very, very disturbing. I don't recommend anyone watching it. It has been pulled down from YouTube, but you can different, you know, outlets have been posting it. it. It's disgusting. Don't watch it. Please don't watch it. I don't know what I was thinking, but 
it's just, it's very, very disturbing. Um, Tiffany actually just came out a couple hours before filming and said that, um, she is very upset that she was, she even took part in the skit. It was supposed to be comedic. It's an ongoing case. So I cannot talk about it much further than that, but she deeply regrets being in the skit and being a part of the skit. She's currently in Greece right now. She fled the United States based on every, all the hate that she was getting and people coming into her comments and calling her names and stuff like that. Um, Aries Spears seemed to be unbothered and indifferent. He actually still has some of the Bill Cosby skits up on his YouTube channel. So he obviously feels like it's just comedy and that the people that are coming after them in the lawsuit just want money. My honest opinion of it is it was really, really disgusting. I really feel like it shouldn't have taken the clip to resurface for it to be pulled off YouTube. I think the entire series needs to be pulled off YouTube. I just think that when you get to a certain point in your career, you have to make decisions. Will I be a part of something um, because they're paying me and because this person used to be famous and was on mad TV. Should I just go along with their vision or should I just say there's the line that I just won't cross, especially when it involves children. And I just think that, you know, Tiffany did not make the right judgment call in that moment. Um, and to allow the skits to be up and all the stuff they're digging up, the text messages between her and the kid's mom and all this stuff, it's only going to get uglier from here. But I really feel like it was a bad judgment call on her part. Um, you know, people are calling for them to be canceled. I already feel like Aries Spears has canceled himself. He's not really working like that. He, he, he just looks terrible. He looks sick. Um, and the comments that he made about Lizzo have already got him below where he was at before. I mean, I don't think he could sell the show now if he tried. Uh, so he's pretty much done. But for Tiffany's career, I don't, I don't know what this means for Tiffany's career. I would want to say that she wouldn't be canceled, but it's just a different standard for black women. You know, I hate to say it, but when a black woman falls from grace, you really never see her again. It's not the same like, oh, well, people forgive you, pop back up. No, it's not the same for black women. So I really, I really don't know if that's something that's going to be an issue or not an issue or what, but, um, you know, at least she put that apo that statement out apologizing. Um, I really don't think it's enough. I think she participated in it. She was probably paid for it and it was online for seven and a half years without anybody saying anything about it. So I feel like you, you know, probably are upset that you got caught, but I, I really don't think that you had any real remorse um, until the clip fully resurfaced and people could see how bad it was. But, you know, it's just my opinion. All right, let's go to the next topic here. Kanye is back at it again. Um, he's been quiet for a while. We definitely got a Kanye break for most of the summer. He was dating Chauncey Jones and he was traveling the world. We really didn't hear much from Kanye, but he's back at it again with a vengeance. And, you know, he's taking it straight to social media. Um, he starts to complain about co-parenting with Kim Kardashian. He also complains about his Gap and Adidas deals, that Gap and Adidas are going behind his back and making cheaper copies of his products in order to make money. And he just feels like across the board, um, people are trying to control his narrative and disrespect him. 
Um, as it pertains to the school, I really feel like Kanye should have a say as a father, right? We want fathers to be involved in a co-parenting situation. Fathers are needed in child's lives. I won't say they're not. I've never been one to be like only, you know, whatever the fathers are needed in the child's life. That that's point blank period. But what I also feel is that when you are the parent that doesn't have the child for the majority of the time, you have to make some allowances when it comes to their education, when it comes to their after school activities and stuff like that, because the parent that has them, the primary parent that has them for the majority of the time has to schedule everything around their schedule because they have four children. They have a lot of help. They have nannies. They have family that help out and stuff like that, caretakers. But when you are planning your schedule for your child, you have to know everything that's going on. It's like little chessboard pieces. They're going to this school, then they have to leave school and go to soccer. And then from soccer, they have to go to voice and all the other things that um, they have their children in as celebrity children. It's a big schedule to manage. And you can't just switch schools just like that. And also, you know, this is coming down to your children's education. I'm not trying to down Donda Academy. I don't even know what goes on there. I don't know if they're accredited. I don't know anything about Donda Academy. But I do know that when you have kids that are already in school, they've established where they're going. They know their teachers. They know the other kids that are around and they have top-notch security because this particular school is a school for celebrity kids. A lot of celebrity kids go there and it's, you know, located in California. So it's just like, there's a safer option for your kids. That's where they should be. You know, your kids aren't every kid. You can't just throw them in any school and expect everything to be all good. And I also just think that the disrespect of the other parent is going to get you nowhere. You know, you're always bringing up the sex tape. You're always bringing up Playboy. You're downing on, you know, the kid's grandmother. I don't think any of that is going to get you to where you need to go as it pertains to the parenting, you know, and I'll just say that when it comes down to the gap in Adidas deals, I think he's a thousand percent correct. I will stand behind Kanye on that. I think that them making these cheaper imitations of his products are going to definitely water down his products. But the thing is, it's always sold out. Whatever he did with Gap and Balenciaga and all this stuff, it's always sold out. He put it in garbage bags and sold out. He put it in a dumpster and people were dumpster diving for it and it sold out. Um, Yeezys are always sold out, you know, and you have to get them usually after market price when the price is all jacked up. So I agree with him that they shouldn't be making cheaper copies, but when it comes down to your profits, they're there. You can't deny that. You're still making tons of money off of these products. You just can't deny that. Um, all right, let's get into the next topic here. Andrew Tate has been deplatformed for his misogynistic views and his hateful speech against women. So we talked about this maybe months ago, probably in the last season about the manosphere, Kevin Samuels, and these men that come on to social media platforms and just basically like propagate hate speech against women. All they do is talk about women not being worth anything, women not being a true prize. You have to value yourself and denigrate women. Um, That's basically all they talk about. Andrew Tate himself 
you know, has been accused of trafficking, just all types of terrible things that he's been accused of. And YouTube, Twitter, and I believe Instagram finally deplatformed him. So he was not able to share his hateful rhetoric anymore. You know, people are saying, well, it's not fair. You know, he shouldn't be kicked off these. These are all private platforms. Okay. So let's just start there with private platforms. You do not get to get up there and say anything that you want on a private platform. You can't threaten people. You can't use hate speech. All these things, when they find it, they're supposed to pull that content down. So if that's the only content that you're making, of course, they're going to take you off of the platform because YouTube is not for the people. YouTube is a for-profit company that pays creators that make a lot of content and it's a business. It's a business and they have to answer to their shareholders, which a lot of them are women. Nobody, their president right now is a woman. Nobody wants to sit there and listen to you spread hate speech about women over and over. Then you try to come back and backpedal and say it was a joke or that's just, you know, your brand of, um, of content and you're putting out, you know, you're playing a character to put out this content at this point, we don't care that is inciting violence against women. And for once, I'm glad that they stood up and deplatform this person that is doing it. I think they should all be kicked off fresh and fit. You know, all these other podcasts where they sit there and talk about women, yell at women, fight women, on their podcast, on their platform, and then post it up and get, you know, monetized by YouTube. Absolutely. They should all be pulled down. And people are saying it's not freedom of speech. This is not a freedom of speech issue. YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram are all private companies that are for profit. This is not, you know, YouTube is not youtube.gov. It's not ran by the United States that you could just freedom of speech, freedom of speech. No. It's not freedom of speech when you talk about hurting people, period. All right, let's get into the next topic here. Um, There were some shows over the weekend and um, there's a little tea to be spilled. So let's get into it. The weekend loses his voice at his concert and he has to come out and make a speech. He gives the crowd a full refund, but he did get booed and he left the stage a little teary eyed. I feel like his fans could have been a little more compassionate The weekend's been on this long tour. He's been touring since like last April, I think, or February. He's been on this really long tour. He hasn't really gotten many breaks for himself and he lost his voice. It happens. He didn't want to struggle through the rest of the show without his voice. So he gave everybody a full refund. I feel like his real fans should be understanding that live performing and live singing every single night for months on end is definitely going to cause you to lose your voice. He said he would come back and do another show and he also gave a full refund. There's nothing else he can do at this point. I think people have gotten a little demanding when it comes to performing and shows. Of course you paid your money, but he's going to refund you your money. He's going to come and do another show. And that's the best he can do in that situation. People really got to chill. I know you came all the way out there and you were ready for a show, but when you lose your voice, you lose your voice. You can't control it. You know, we want you to calm down a little bit. You're going to get a refund. You get the tickets. He's going to put another tour on the books. Hopefully after a few months, he gets to rest. And then you guys can go listen to the weekend. You guys are just ridiculous. You're going to sit there and boo the man. Now he's walking off stage crying like you're terrible. (laughs) You're terrible. (laughs) In other concert news, (laughs) 
<laughs> Kodak Black was late to the Mid-America Festival that he was supposed to be performing at in Philadelphia, and he was not allowed to perform. Now, since he was not able to perform, he did not get paid at all for the performance, even though he showed up at some point and he was ready to perform. They wouldn't reschedule his performance and they did not pay him. He is very upset. He called out Live Nation and Jay-Z directly saying that they should have done it for the fans because they used his name to promote the festival. All right, so this is a little bit different. This is the thing, right? When you go to a festival, there's tons of names on these flyers and people come to the festival for different people. Some people come for the headliners, some people come for the DJs that they have there, some people come for the smaller acts or whatever. People are coming for different reasons, right? So when you put someone's name on the flyer and they don't perform, it's like you're in a, you're in essence getting money from the people and then not delivering the full product that you said you would deliver. That's why when people pull out, they try to let the festival goers know and replace them with somebody just as big. So people don't complain and want their money back because if everybody that's not on the roster doesn't perform, then people are going to want their money back or people are just not going to show up. So I can understand what Kodak is saying. Like you guys made all these money off this tickets because people thought I was going to be there. And then when it came down time to it, I wasn't there and you wouldn't allow me to perform. So I didn't get paid half. I didn't get paid anything. And you just basically let everything rock. Um, It it happens. You have to be on time and you got to be professional. I don't know how late he was. But you got to be on time and you got to be professional. You just can't show up on CP time everywhere and expect to perform and expect to get paid and expect them to move the schedules around. You know, festival stages are very tight and they want the performers that came on time to be able to perform in their slot and, you know, go about their business. It's a busy weekend. You know, it just is what it is. Okay, those have been the trending topics for this week. Stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the Sports Update with J-Rob. Today I will be covering the NFL, the NBA, and professional boxing. Let's start with the NFL. The Denver Broncos have given quarterback Russell Wilson a five-year extension worth $245 million. The San Francisco 49ers have signed quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo to a one-year deal worth $6.5 million. The Philadelphia Eagles have acquired defensive back C.J. Gardner-Johnson and a seventh-round pick from the New Orleans Saints for one fifth-round pick and one sixth-round pick. The Philadelphia Eagles have also traded wide receiver Jalen Rager to the Minnesota Vikings for a seventh round pick and a conditional pick. Now let's move to the world of professional boxing. Boxing legend Ernie Shavers has passed away at the age of 78. His boxing record was 74 wins, 14 losses, and one draw. He won 68 fights by way of knockout. Ernie Shavers appeared in two heavyweight title fights. In 1977, he lost to Muhammad Ali. 
1979, he lost to Larry Holmes. The boxing world has truly lost a legend. Now let's move to the NBA. Golden State Warriors guard Steph Curry has been inducted into uh, the Davidson University Hall of Fame. Davidson has also retired his number 30 jersey. Steph Curry also received a bachelor's degree in sociology. Also in NBA news, Utah Jazz guard Donovan Mitchell has been traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers for three players and three draft picks. And finally, the Houston Rockets have retired Hall of Famer Elvin Hayes, number 44. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have an amazing week. All right, T-Crew, let's get into my favorite part of the podcast, The Deep Dive, where we talk about things that I want to shed a light on. And this week is going to be a little touchy. I'm telling you that people may not like this take. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. Blogger bias. Now, bloggers have evolved over the years. It used to be like a website, like a media takeout or a boss up. And you could just scroll down and get all your tea things that are going on for the day. Now this has evolved into social media, right? So like all the stories that you see on the shade room, Hollywood Unlocked, Bossip, um, the neighborhood talk, all these different places where you can get news. But is it okay for these bloggers who are just people um to be biased? Is it okay for them to have a bias against certain stories or certain celebrities and public figures? Um, So let's get into it. So basically, over the weekend, every single publication posted the Tiffany Haddish, Ari Spears lawsuit and some details about what was going on there, except for Hollywood Unlocked. Now, Hollywood Unlocked is run by Jason Lee, and he's friends with Tiffany Haddish, very close friends with Tiffany Haddish. And he, you know, decided personally that he just was not going to report on it. Now, he did post the apology that Tiffany, uh, the apology statement that Tiffany put out today, but that was their first mention of the situation since it happened late last week. And it just made me think, you know, is it okay for bloggers to really be biased and really only put out information if they are not closely connected to that celebrity? It also kind of happened um, when I was watching Maddie in the Morning with one of my favorites, T.S. Madison. And whenever stuff will go on with Nicki Minaj, she just won't cover it because Nicki Minaj had her on Queen Radio and their friends. Um, and they associate with each other. So she was like, you already know, um, not to bring that to me as a topic because I'm not going to discuss that because that person is someone that I know personally, and I'm just not going to go into it. And a lot of people will say that's not really okay because you have to spread the news. You have to give topics, whether it's somebody you like or somebody you don't like, you got to do your job and you got to put the news out there. But I think a little differently. I really feel like blogging is not reporting. It's a form of reporting, but it's not journalism. Like it's not, you know, what I do, what other podcasters do, 
Um, when you go, when you're a journalist, you go to school for it. You have some, you have a code, you have different, you know, things that you learn, different ethics, different, uh, ways to report a story, you know, different things that you would do when you're, when you're really in your journalism bag. Right. And a lot of people have crossed over into that point, And I think that's why the waters are so murky. Some people really put two to three weeks of research into every video, into every post that they're going back and forth. They're checking sources, they're calling people. And at that point it does get you know, it gets murky because it gets into the kind of line, is this journalism now? Is this at the point where people are starting to be like, they put in so much time and effort. I would consider this to be journalism. This is not just blogging. This is not just you grabbing, um, the gossip or grabbing the tea or grabbing the information, understanding it, reading it and putting your spin on it anymore. This is actually, a journalistic piece of work that you have been going back and forth and doing this. And I just feel like for bloggers, it's okay for bloggers to have their own personal opinion, their own biases, because it's their pages, it's their YouTube channels, it's their podcasts, it's their social media that you're coming to not only hear what has actually happened, um, but to hear their spin and their take on it. Now, when it comes to representing things as fact, when it comes to representing thing at, things as fact, we've already seen with the Tasha K. Cardi B lawsuit, that is not something that bloggers can do. Bloggers cannot represent things as facts because when you represent things as facts, now you're opening yourself up for slander and libel lawsuits because you can't say something's a fact if you don't know it's a fact, especially after someone has, you know, came and said, no, like that's not true. And they've came up against your claim and you're still 10 toes down that that's how it's supposed to be. Like, that's not how it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, people have to understand that there's a difference between saying something that you heard that could be true, possibly true, allegedly true, or something that you know as fact, you know, because it's just two different things. But if you, your favorite blogger is going to put their own spin on the news, they're going to put their own spin on the tea. They're going to put their own spin on what's been going on. And that's why you're coming to them, right? Because you could look at the shade room and get all the tea that we, we talk about on tea talk. I literally repost it, or you could get it from Hollywood unlocked, or you can get it from the neighborhood talk. But when I come on the podcast, I'm telling you my personal opinion, my take on the situation. That's why people like Wendy Williams got so famous. And now we have, you know, um, TGIF and we have Maddie in the morning and we have other places where you can hot topics that you've heard of, but you want to hear their take on it. You want to hear what Al Reynolds has to say. You want to hear what Claudia Jordan has to say. You want to hear what Funky Dineva has to say about stories that you've already heard. You're not really listening for the information of the story that you might already have, and they may have more information too, and that's fine. You're listening for their take on it. You're listening for their critique. You're listening for their opinion 
of this situation. So it's different. So in that way, I believe that bloggers can be biased. Bloggers can pick and choose which stories they want to report. I don't report on every single story. I don't talk about every single thing that's going on. Some things I just find to probably be not true. Some things I just find to not be light enough. I don't want to get into the deep, dark well that is a lot of these cases that are going on because some of it is really dark and disturbing. So I think that everybody does pick and choose what they're going to talk about, what they're going to report on. Now, my thing is this, right? You're not going to talk about it. You're not going to talk about it. Leave it alone. But if you do talk about it, you have to talk about it honestly, And we could use this, you know, Tiffany Haddish thing, Ari Spears thing as an example. Now, Hollywood Unlocks couldn't go on their page and say, these lies are fabricated. Everybody that has a case against Tiffany Haddish is lying and they're dead wrong. They can't do that. You cannot do that. But if you only want to post Tiffany Haddish's apology, you can do that. Because you can, as a blogger, you can pick and choose what you want to report and what you want to talk about. If you don't want to talk about it, you can leave it alone completely. If you want to talk about parts of it that are, you know, more pleasant to the person that, you know, you have a relationship with, you could talk about that too. But you can't all out lie about the situation just because you don't like someone. That's where I think people get it mixed up. They're like, oh, they try to sue me. They try to do this. Now now it's all out war against that person. It's like, okay, so that is also taking it a step too far, in my opinion. In my opinion, because I feel like that goes on with the shade room a lot. You know, Cardi B has gotten into it with the shade room. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Now they are in cahoots with other rappers and posting other rappers more. I don't even want to say the name because it just, but that's what I'm saying. Like it gets so, it gets so political. It gets so like murky. Um, but because of their, you know, because of their public feud with Nicki Minaj, I mean, Jesus, (laughs) because of their public feud with Cardi B, they have now posted other people and it's just making people feel like, am I coming for the shade? Am I coming for the tea? Or am I coming for the bias and payola? You know, it just is what it is. All these outlets are completely free. You either can scroll through their content or not, um, but they're free and they're free for you to consume. But at the same time, it's like, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. People cannot be completely unbiased. When you read a story by a blogger, even a journalist, they're going to put their own attitudes into it and their own, you know, past experiences with that person and whatever they've been through. That is all going to go into the story. I know they could try to separate it out and edit it or whatever, but that's what it is. Just is what it is. Um, And that's what I really think. So I hope you enjoyed this deep dive. Stay tuned for our outro comments. Okay, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. I just want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast, sharing, participating in our polls, all the things that you do to keep this little community growing. I really, really appreciate it. As always, convict the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. We won't rest until she gets the justice that she rightly deserves. Have a beautiful day or night, wherever you are. And I love you for listening. Bye.